Welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, I want to continue off of our last episode where we were kind of drilling down into the problem of not wanting to admit that you're wrong. And that there is a human element in that. There's a wanting to be with the crowd element to it. And it's something that's natural. So it doesn't make you the worst person in the world for making a wrong decision or or making a bad idea or backing the wrong horse or anything like that. That's inevitable. As you mentioned in the last podcast that we are all called to reevaluate yourselves and you actually took a vow to do that, to constantly analyze what's going on and to be able to see, okay, this might not have been good. How do we correct it and move forward? And there's all kinds of elements there, and one of which is being able to to truly live on reality's terms of seeing this is actually what's going on, this is actually what's happening. Not having on super optimistic glasses nor super pessimistic glasses, but being right there and centered. And throughout the course of, of these conversations that we've been having since we started talking about humility uh, almost a year ago with the Virtue Series... Um, the way that I've been interpreting humility more and more is about centering yourself in where you are in the context of reality. You're not greater than everyone else. You're not worse than anyone else. And you're certainly beneath God. And that realization, that acceptance, and just knowing that is a very important thing. So part of this conversation was about being humble and and being able to to be agile, as you said, and moving forward. Another part of it is is being able to overcome that human fear of losing status in the group, that if I don't go in the same direction as everyone else, at the same velocity as everyone else, I'll, I, I won't be able to survive my mental social status. And I think that overcoming that fear is important. So today we're, we're talking about the direction that the church gives as far as a natural building, well, this is sacrament, of how to overcome this fear and these problems and these underlying issues that can keep us from admitting we're wrong and moving forward. So today, the conversation is going to turn to confession and particularly how it's going to be able to help in this particular space. So with that being said, Father, I want to give you the floor to give the theological backing about the logic of that. Yeah, I think uh, setting out in a in a path of humility, um, which is the example that our Lord gave us. You know, uh, it's the one thing He told us to imitate. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, "Be imitators of me, for I am meek and humble of heart." And He came among us, even though He was God. In our human flesh, he assumed a posture of humility. Even though he never sinned, he didn't stride into every situation and dominate it. He made room for others and kept himself in his role, which was not to do everything for everyone, but to proclaim the good news and to introduce us into a relationship with the Heavenly Father. And so uh, Jesus really gives us the example of humility 
that he's willing to uh, empty himself and 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 enter into chaos. So ultimately, we see the the consequence of chaos in the passion of Christ, and it's precisely what we fear the most. Uh, none of us want to undergo the passion of Christ. None of us want to uh, suffer what he suffered. Um, but then he also gives us a reason to believe that every chaos can be resolved, that God is greater than every problem, that every uh, challenge has a solution that we can't bring about merely by our own efforts. And it's something that we need to enter into according to the principle of love. And then we know that love will be victorious and we will find our way through. And that's ultimately the process that Jesus demonstrates for us. Part of love is, again, admitting our own mistakes, apologizing for the things we've done wrong, taking responsibility for, the, for our failures, and doing some repair work, some reparation for the damage that we've done and the, co- the problems that we've caused. And again, we have a reason to believe that's going to work out. I think, I think we cover things up because we're afraid of the consequences. You know, if, I, if I'm caught, how bad is it going to be? I need to cover it up because it's going to be so bad. Or um, we feel like we can't repay it, and so we try to hide it. And the thing is, nothing controls us more than the things that we try to hide. Uh, we, it's like holding down a spring, you know. It's not we who are controlling the spring. It's the spring who's controlling us. We can't, not, we can't stop holding it down. And the tremendous release that so many people have found when they admit that deep-seated disaster or that deep fear, that thing that they're afraid if anybody knew they would be rejected and discarded, uh, the tremendous release, relief, uh, freedom, consolation that people experience when they finally unload that. And as a confessor, uh, I'm always in a privileged position to receive those things, but I've had people who sustained lies for years, who uh, covered up uh, marital affairs, who uh, were, were holding back things that they had done many years ago in their lives and were so terrified that somebody would find out and finally brought those things to the Lord. And what what a relief because because God always forgives because God always works things to the good that if we give him the broken pieces he'll make something beautiful out of it but if we hide the broken pieces they only stay broken and that's where we're challenged to believe that God is is really the God who is greater that that there is no problem that is too big for him that there is no challenge that is that will overwhelm him that with him all things are possible and that's the, the good news of our faith and the real challenge of living it out, embracing it, is, is the willingness to, uh, to, to try it, to take a risk, to, to risk with Jesus and to really let him uh, bring about the, the transformation in our lives that he could bring about if we were willing to do more than just continue on in maintenance mode. Uh, as you described a little bit earlier, it's always our temptation is to keep doing what we're what we're comfortable with, keep doing what we've been doing, even as it's uh, diminishing, or if it's keeping, if it's staying level, um, or if it's slightly growing. You know, just to as long as we don't have to change, we'll just keep doing the same thing and take a risk. Take a risk of opening up a new door, of opening your heart to the Lord, and 
Maybe this is the year that some of our listeners uh, go back to confession. Maybe you missed it during Advent because of all the pandemic and you stayed at home and, uh, well, we'll take advantage of it now, as soon as the opportunity is available, as, as uh, whenever you're comfortable uh, with, the, with the risk levels, but, but make that confession. Turn to the Lord. Expose those things that you've hidden for so long, and it'll be life-changing. Uh, just the immediate relief of knowing that we are unconditionally loved, that somebody knows that God knows all of our deepest secrets is, is such a huge, huge step forward. Otherwise, we just spend so much energy trying to keep those things down. And as you've discussed there, that that, that pressure that release that, that comes out, you know, that's the first step of going back to our last episode of being able to how to overcome problems is we have to first evaluate and be able to to acknowledge that we did something wrong. And when you said there about people just staying in a rut and just staying in a in a relatively flatline zone or a negative zone, but it's comfortable. So even if it's going on the wrong trajectory, it'll it's I'd rather stay going down and negative and be comfortable than to go out and to and to leave a comfortable space. The thing that I have found, at least business wise, is that if you don't go through the process that, that you've mentioned here of of self-evaluating and then company evaluating or department evaluating, depending upon your perspective, is that it is impossible to stay level without doing this process of evaluating and adjusting. You inevitably are going to go down. Um, and it is 100% possible to not constantly be evaluating and go up. So there's so many things in life that we find are elemental in comparison that we overlook as far as what else is going on. And, you know, we, we're talking about confession here because it does release this pressure within us. And I'm sure as you being the priest on the other side, how you didn't live through the context of this person who's been holding something in for a number of years. And yes, you gave some examples of some things that would be pretty large and luminous in people's lives, holding an affair or something like that. But I have an assumption that you've seen vastly more things that are pretty trivial, borderline irrelevant, when you hear them in a context that you haven't been living with them, but just on their face value. Um, but to the person who's been holding it in, it has been nearly soul crushing. And I think that that is getting to the point of the context that I was trying to illuminate in the last episode. When we're in our own little bubble and tunnel vision, our problems be all much bigger and blown out of proportion than they really are. And to just take that quick little sidestep, realizing what's going on here, and to be able to turn around and go the other way, is so lifting and confession being the church's way of us being able to make that first step um, and to be able to move forward. So I just wanted to check in to see if that perspective is right or if I'm completely off base. <laughs> well, certainly uh, 
much of what we're dealing with on a daily basis is, uh, you know, smaller stuff. Uh, but, but as you say, lifting up to see the big picture makes a big difference. We can really get stuck in patterns of perfectionism and start to get so down on ourselves. And the problem is we create these negative feedback loops that the more I focus on perfectionism, the more I fail, the more I fail, the more I focus on perfectionism. You know, we, we create these negative feedback loops of, you know, or I, I hurt somebody, I say something callous and stupid and hurt somebody, and then I become afraid of them. And so I avoid them, which hurts them more. And then they react in some way that reinforces that. And so then I pull away even more. And we have these kind of small things. I mean, um, in, in the grand scheme of things, just stupid, trivial things, but they take on massive proportions. They become a tempest in a teapot because uh, we we don't take, we're not proactive, first of all, to resolve what we can when we can. Um, I always like uh, Pope Francis tells married couples, he says, don't go to bed just stewing in your anger. You know, you may not be able to resolve everything before bed, but at least a gesture, at least a smile, at least a word of encouragement. Don't let things, because he says, if you go to bed and and you've, you haven't at least addressed, you know, renewed a, a little spark of love there, then it just grows cold and clammy. And it's so true. When we wake up after holding a grudge, a, a rejection, closing our hearts, um, you know, choosing to, to separate in some way, and uh, we wake up, even the closest relationships can become damaged and divided. And so uh, just making a regular practice of saying like, Oof, that was uh, not the best thing to say, or, well, I know why I said that. And uh, I still believe those things. But anyway, I uh, I love you and I want to move forward and, and uh, we can work this out over time. So just anything to start processes is so helpful. And yeah, just the, the humility of recognizing I'm, I'm often the problem. You know, I, I always love uh, GK Chesterton's observation when given a survey, what's wrong with the world? You just put down two words. I am. <laughs> it's a great approach. Uh, I'm, I'm the problem. If we can start there, then uh, we can start. We can start working on it. Yeah, the best thing to be wrong about is discovering that maybe I'm not the problem. But let's presume that I am uh, until uh, proven otherwise, and then we can work on all of the ways that I'm the problem, and uh, and keep growing. So off of that, if we all look at it realistically, um, people will say things like, "I can't change the economy. I can't change." this and that, but if you really look at systems, they're all made of individuals. And as you get to the smallest point, you can affect the small things. You can't get to more base than the individual person. And from a economic perspective, that's as true as it can be. You know, you control what you do. So therefore, if you don't like the overall direction that something is going in, well, what are your habits doing that are feeding that? And, um, and, and that's true. And the other thought that I had when you were giving that example about the Pope saying, don't go to bed angry, don't go to bed um, angry because angry consume and ruin relationships. Um, my thought to that is, is 
it's not just anger. It's a lot of the, basically any of the hyper emotional states you can possibly feel and about many situations, you know, what led you to this situation that unless it's a positive joy, if it's a, a fear or apprehension or anger or, or just despair or something like that, you know, all of those should be triggers for us to, to think about why are we here and what can we do about it? Um, because those are all things that, as you said, they all have their different ways, but they all ultimately can end up being a little kernel of problems inside of us that would keep growing and growing and growing. And, you know, a lot of these hyper emotions can get us there um, in, in a lot of different ways. So to me, that's when I, I think about about those types of graphs they would do where they would you know, plot based upon your action. You're over here in the far right. Someone else is over here in the far left. And the real answer is trying to be in the center. And it requires you to sit back and, and to evaluate where we're at. And I think that, that everyone who has gone to a confession and thought about what they were going to say in the process of going to confession, that that system is a natural element of doing that, of saying, I'm not on center because I'm too far in the angry portion. I'm too far in the fearful or the intolerant or, or whatever word or emotion you're feeling and how to identify that that's keeping me off center. And how can I get back to that? Because there's always something pulling us in one direction or another, whether we can control it or not. What we can control is our reaction to it. You know, we can't control that that we're getting shut down, whether we believe we should be or not. We can't control that we sh that this, that, or the other, that we got the Christmas present we didn't want to get. We can't control that we were going to get someone sold out on Amazon before we clicked it. You know, those are things we can't control, but what we can't control is how we react to them. And I think that that process of just constantly evaluating us almost will put up roadblocks before we get too immensely angry. You'll realize, oh, this happened before, so I'm going to curtail myself. So maybe instead of getting to 100% angry, I only get to 80% angry or 95% angry, which in its right is not exactly awesome, but it's better than what it was. And that's how we as people can grow and become better. And we see this underlying fact that confession helps us doing it, but it's not something that when we think of confession outright of being a benefit of it. And I think that the church has so many of these things that are giving us graces and benefits that are overlooked because of something else. And I wanted to give you a chance to conclude this episode um, and, and take us home in the right direction. Well, I think you make a good point, Joe, about the impact of various kinds of uh, negative emotion and the way that they can, again, it creates a kind of feedback loop inside of us that anger has a way of igniting more anger. Uh, sadness or despair has a way of igniting more sadness and despair. And so we have to be a little careful about our uh, emotional health, I guess, uh, you know, the way that we take care of our of our emotional, uh, our emotional life. 
Uh, emotions are very important, and there are things that are worth being angry and hurt and sad about. And so, not to uh, cast all of those uh, emotions under a negative light, we um, they're a response to bad things in the world and in our lives. And so, feeling those things, you know, it's like feeling the hot burner. It's uh, it's serving a purpose, saying that you know our sense of touch is bad because sometimes it burns is uh, not, a, not a bright statement, but uh, certainly our emotions are serving a, an important purpose. And they, the more that they correspond with reality, the more helpful that'll be for us. But um, maintaining a proper balance about that, sometimes our, you know, just like our physical senses might need to be a little bit retuned. Sometimes our emotions need to be a little bit retuned as well. And uh, even though maybe if we've burned our hand, we can run it under some cold water. Uh, we're going to have to keep uh, taking care of it. And so that's that's kind of what Pope Francis is saying. Well, you know, you get burned emotionally through a conflict with your spouse, at least run it under some cold water. Uh, at least uh, take care of it, you know, whether it's, again, the withdrawal and pain and uh, negativity, uh, cynicism, despair, sadness. Uh, or anger, whatever it is, those intense emotions need to be cooled off a little bit. And and we do that through a gesture of love, through a gesture of reconciliation, through a recognition. Well, maybe I'm not you know, perfect in this situation. I know I've found in so many situations, um, apologies beget apologies. And so I've found that if I can figure out something to apologize for, even if I feel like Primarily, I was the one who was offended. I mean, somebody else made a mistake, said something, um, or or even intentionally hurt me. If I can find a way to apologize, sometimes that lowers the pride uh, barriers. And then the other person will apologize for whatever they've done. And then we move towards a reconciliation. Now, my apology can't be fake. It's not a trick or a technique. It needs to be sincere. But, you know, I've always done something not the best. Uh, there's always something I can apologize for. And again, that's the the general disposition that makes us much more agile in relationships, in life, in projects, in uh, approaching reality. If we're ready to apologize, if we're ready to, uh, for something that we've authentically done, not sort of over, sometimes people over apologize or take responsibility for things they haven't done, as if everything is their fault. That's exaggerated too. But to be honest about where we are and what we've done and to be ready to make amends with that is just, just really makes a huge difference in, in everything in life. And unless I'm missing something, you just broke down humility and practice in that knowing what we're actually responsible for is, is an element of humility. And, and to say that, that you're responsible for things that you weren't responsible for is a failure of humility. And as we discussed in our episodes before that that pride being the the sin against humility in that pride is really the thing that i guess we've been talking about without ever actually saying for the last couple of, of episodes here in that holding ourselves back and humility is the is the true way to do that so we thank everyone for being with us here today we please hope that you continue to help subscribe and send the subscription link to other people you know who might be interested. We have kept on growing, and we thank you guys for being with us throughout this entire process.